Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I want to talk to you about what leadership is. We see our whole church as leaders, but the fact that you've come means that you've accepted the call of God in your life to be a leader. The key to becoming a great leader is empowering leaders around you. Build into your life a routine that leads you to godliness and leads you to a place of being ready and available for God to use you that day. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the second episode of the Leadership Lean In podcast. And uh, hey, I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for subscribing and commenting. The comments and uh, the subscriptions mean the world. They help us out so much. So thank you for doing that. I'm really excited because I think leadership, for Rich and I at least, it's not something we've mastered, but it's something we're always talking about. We're always leaning into it. And I think leadership is one of those things, it's like wisdom. If you lean into wisdom, wisdom said, it will promote you, it will help you, it will advance you. So I always feel like for my life as a leader, it's trying to lean into the subject, lean into whatever good leaders are doing, and out of that, I'm going to benefit from it. So these episodes and these conversations are only to make us get better. I have with me today one of my best friends in the whole world. I love introducing you. This is fun. I like it too. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm interested. He's a pastor from Miami, Florida. He's been admitted, like, you know, those really, like, yeah, eloquent yeah, long, long profiles. Like, I always get scared. Like, what are you going to say? You know what I get nervous about when I'm introducing people, especially like on a public platform <laughs> right. or a stage, is, like, sometimes you start building up and you haven't said their name yet. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's like, hey, today's speaker, we're really grateful to have him. He comes from Los Angeles, California. He leads Zoe Church. <laughs> like so He's a father of four. Yeah. He's married to the wonderful, stunning Julia. Yeah. You're bound to say something bad. But it's just like, I'm like, so you know what I do now? I go, today we're so excited. We have, we got Chad Veach with us. And then I give the thing. And then I say your name one more time. Yeah, that's really good. Does that make sense? Already this. Because as you build up without saying their name, it's like, you have to have all this mystery. Just already you've helped so many people. Sorry, Sorry, I'm trying to. (laughs) No, right away. We've got today on the program. He's (laughs) like, yeah. Good to be here. So this is the second episode. And then as they're building it, I'm always like, that's not like that's yeah, yeah. not really who I am. Do you ever get people that like have lied about you? Like no. not, not on purpose, but like you know, an exaggeration. Like, well, oh, Rich has got the fastest growing church. Yeah, yeah, that, it's like, stuff. Ah, yeah. it's yeah. not really true. But my favorite in the introductions too is he travels both nationally and internationally. internationally. It's like, dude, it's, come on, what year is this, man? <laughs> what like, does that yeah. matter? Yeah. And what does I that mean? I think that's a comment from 1972 that back in the day, it was Just quite keeps, hard yeah, to get yeah, a yeah. visa in other places. I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> My favorite introduction I've ever gotten, I was preaching at a church and the way they leveraged their platform for me. Today we have with us a special guest, Chad Veach from Seattle, Washington. He's crazy. Welcome him to the stage. Oh, I've had that. And I'm just like, how do I get up and go, yeah. hey, I'm the crazy guy? Yeah. You're going to discover that on your own in a second, but give me a chance to win him over. I think that's huge because it's like, you're not really setting me up. You just told everyone like you had me because I'm crazy. Like, 
what are you coming? Should I be foaming at the mouth when I walk yeah. up here? Like, what, what some do business do? guy like, in the back is going like, why is the crazy guy here? You just walk up, be like, ah! Like, they're like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm crazy. I'm freaking crazy, man. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have so much fun. Last night, I just I Why just Why would you say that? Hey, we're so excited about our guest today. He's crazy. Put your hands Come together. Come on, welcome for him. Chad Veach. Like and then and then I feel like I feel like what if what if today for the first time I wanted to be calm? What if today for the first time I was just thinking right. when Am I went I allowed there, to change? What if I wanted to sit on the stool? Yeah. Can a man become anything new from what he was yesterday? Can of I? Of course not. Not in this church. I you can't guess, grow in this church. I guess I gotta be. So I'll do it today. Yeah. I'll I be like crazy. That. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on. This is this is exciting. This is just episode two. I know that even right there, man, I should stop you there. A little disappointed. Who'd you have for one? You know, like <laughs> the fastest growing you, church in America. He went first. <laughs> You got me. You got me with that. You wanted that's true. That, that's though. true. Yeah. We, we, we want to start strong. So we went with the man who so has the now fastest we have the second. <laughs> if you're wondering who Rich Wilgerson yeah. Jr. is, he <laughs> could be the second I think fastest. He's not the second. <laughs> Chad went through his yeah. Rolodex. Yeah. No one uses that term anymore. And so oh, next man, week, good. next week, we're going to have. Hit the third. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I like it. I yeah. Like it. But thank you no, for I'm coming on. To Thanks for having me. I think this is cool because this is what we talk about nonstop. Always. This constantly. is just like what we text about, FaceTime about, uh, stay up till three in the morning, talk about is this subject. So I think, you know, as we just, you know, kind of press record, I have got some things down I want to talk to you about. I think you're a brilliant leader. You're so strategic. You've got so much experience and wisdom. You can have fun, but you know, anybody that gets to know you understands you're playing no games. You are serious about uh, what God's put in your heart, what he's put in your life. I love that about you. I think you steward your life so well. I think you're very responsible. And I love right now, you're, very you're, you're in the year of discipline. Right. Talk to me about that because <laughs> we've gone through some years that we're not so disciplined. <laughs> right. So how did, how did that come about yeah. and how has that changed you your life? You can only result in the year of discipline at 34 when you've taken 33 years you know, this to is have gonna be the, year. the year of fun, the year of joy, the year of pleasure. The this year, is the year of adventure. The year of celebration. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, I think right off the bat, everything you just said to me, I appreciate you saying those words. I, I love chatting through this stuff and I don't think, I talk with anyone more on an everyday basis like I do with you. I just think leadership is one of these interesting things that you really can't talk enough about. Absolutely. I think our context that yeah. where we are leading in is, is in the local church. Right. But man, anyone who wants to do anything worthwhile is going right. to have to learn how to lead. Yeah. If you're leading a business, an organization, if you want to be a good mom, a good dad, if you want to have a good relationship, that it all takes leadership. And the principles right. over and over and over again are repeatable 100%. and can be used. And so I think we're always trying to crack codes of discovering how do we contextualize this for where yep. I'm at? How do I apply the principle to my setting mm. and to my space? Um, I, I think for me, a, a big valuable phrase for my life that we kind of say in our church, we say in our mm. team is that life is not about perfection. It's about progress. Mm. So it's not about being um, the best today, but it's about getting better today. I love that. So I, I like that pathway. And I like this idea of like the leadership lean in, like yeah. you're, you're constantly learning leadership. You're never like mastering it. Right. You're constantly growing. Totally. And even that kind of phrasing has just helped me a lot in my life to kind of yeah. like, 
exhale and enjoy the journey. Mm. And so I think this year when we kicked off 2018, I was going to be a dad. I became a dad in January. Amazing. We Congratulations, always, by the way. Thank you so much. We I always, feel like you're such a good dad. We always stop. said that. We knew you were going to be a good stop. dad. And then you didn't disappoint. You're a great dad. So congratulations. It, it's honestly my highest priority right now. It's I, the best. I love it. You are the best dad ever. I like how you always ask your kids, like, who's your best friend? You are. I, I, sorry. Dude, you you get me, Chad gets mad when I impersonate his kids. Because well, let's move on. Yeah. Let's get to the answer. This is the longest answer I'm coming to. <laughs> but um, we always start our year off back home. I think you guys do the mm -hmm. same thing with, with 21 days of prayer and yep. fasting. It's a good reset, you know, in our 100%. life. 100%. And so I just kicked the year off and my son was due in January. He was born on January 23rd. Mm. And as I was kicking the year off, the last two years, I've kind of feel like I've tried to theme out my years on a personal level. So the year before, was, I said in 2017, this is going to be my most productive year ever. Mm. And my book was finished. And wow. There was just a couple of things that we wanted to do. 2018, coming into it, I said, this is the year I need to, I need to get disciplined. And it was more about me making some personal habits. Mm. So it was fitness. It was um, educating myself in the realm of leadership. So yep. I committed to writing, to reading, to reading through the Bible in a year and then to reading two books a month. Jeez. And so we're now here today in October. Yep. I don't know when this is airing, but yeah, I'm still on that thing. I'm a little behind on one. I just finished my September 18th book. So I'm on my 19th right now. So it's I unbelievable. Gotta, I got to catch up. I got to, I got to finish the year with 24, but all of it to me was just about progress. I just yeah. want to, I want to, I want to be learning. I feel like so often we all want to arrive, Yeah. but arrivals never feel like arrivals. It's, it's always Ever. the journey every step of the way. Yeah. And God does his best work on the journey. Absolutely. And encourages me because I don't know what season people find themselves in. But they're like, I want to arrive. Yeah. And I just know that my next arrival, whatever that looks like, is, is how I steward the journey. I'm I right love now. that. So. I think that you you use the word journey so well. It's like it's in the, the core of who you are, always has been. I love that. That's just kind of like one of your key values. I think we're on the journey. We're on yeah. the journey with people. We're on the yeah. journey together. I'm on a journey. And I think I think about that story about Troy Aikman when he won the Super Bowl. And they say he won the Super Bowl, or he says he won the Super Bowl. He went back to his hotel room and he goes, that's it? Mm. And it, it just kind of yeah. proves like it, the, the what's the thrill of life is the progress. Yeah. So there's no arrival. There's no event. There's no, totally. you and I have gotten to do some pretty cool stuff, but it's never fulfilled me. Right. You know, it's always just getting a little bit better and improving my marriage, improving my leadership, improving who I am. Well, one of the best things you can learn as a leader is to fall in love with the work of it all, to fall yeah. in love with the grind of it all, to fall in right. love with the process of it all. And like, it, it, if you're not careful, you can just hear that and it becomes like sound bites or maybe it kind of is mm. like cliche preaching, but it's actually truth. Mm. Like Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. Workers are few. Yeah. And so the, right. the key to the harvest is right. to be a worker. We don't need to pray for a harvest. We need to pray for, for workers to right. rise That's it. up. That's but it. if you apply that same statement to your organization, your business, whatever harvest looks like, yeah. I think that we have to we have to learn how to go, man, it wasn't about getting there. It was about mm. trying to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have to even get there. I just have to try. I love that. To get there. I love that. And I think that young leaders need to hear that because mm. it's not about success or even failure. Right. It's about trying. Yeah. I remember when I was in college, I've quoted it many times, but I came across this sociological study that's for sure changed my life because I've been talking about it for 15 years and I'll wow. probably keep talking about it forever. But 50 people over the age of 95 were all surveyed with the question, if you had to live life all over again, what would you do differently? Mm. Well, the question itself is pretty amazing. Yeah. I'd love to hear your answer. Right. But, 
but I don't appreciate your answer as much as I appreciate people at 95 years of age. Absolutely. And the question was, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? And Mm. a whole lot of answers came back, but at the top of their list, all these people came back with saying we would take more risk. Wow. And it's always just ringed loud and clear to me that that at the end of their life, they weren't going, man, I wish I was more successful here or I wish I wouldn't have failed there. Mm. They just said, I wish I would have gone for it. I would have tried. And so for me, and I think for you, it's going, life is not about being the best right now. It's about getting better every day. Every day. It's about trying. It's about Mm. attempting. It's about falling in love with that word, the the journey. Yeah. And that's easier said than done, but that's, that is my aim. And that is my goal. And I feel, I feel like you do that so well. Talk to me about use the word work ethic. I think yours is pretty unmatched. If, if I can say that, I really, I no, I really think that one of the things I I appreciate, you challenge me, you, you inspire me, you motivate me. And I think that's kind of like the strength of our relationship. And, and I I noticed that about great leaders, great leaders are inspired by other great leaders, Mm. never threatened by other people, but I love your work ethic. Where did you get that? Is that mm. something that you developed? Because people don't know this, you know, in college you graduated, what is the summa cum laude? What it sure, should yeah. have came in with the hundred? Cafe con leche. Cafe con leche. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we talking about? You graduated I coffee. think what he's trying to say is a caramel macchiato. Caramel macchiato. Please forgive me, I made a mistake. <laughs> um, but you know, like, so, so college, you're working hard in the classroom and that spills over to, mm. to youth ministry and working, you know, really hard at your dad's church and, and now starting a church. So you've had a work ethic. When did you, what age was it? Was it like, you know, as a youth, as a teenager, were you like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to work hard. Yeah. I think I was always competitive. I mm. think I was always driven. I, I don't think I liked doing things and not doing well at them. I don't right. know where all that always comes from, right? I think that right. I had two really capable parents. I think I had uh, a full family of people that went before me that were uh, really amazing people. And so I right. think there's some things, right, that you're just kind of, you kind of get when you come into this world. And I think I had yeah. a lot of great models and examples. Um, but yeah, from a young boy, I can always just remember going, whatever I'm doing, right. I want it to be good. I want to be a part of something and I want to excel. Mm. Um, and I think at times that can be very, very unhealthy. You know what I mean? If right. You're not careful. Right. Um, ambition isn't bad, but selfish ambition is. And competition you. can yeah. be good. But if your whole life is just about comparing yourself, right. you're going to kill your contentment. Yeah. And that's what comparison does. Totally. So uh, I think at times I've had to learn how to harness that stuff. I think I'm always trying to figure those things out. I think Don Shree, my wife, has been a really good sure. um, helpmate in, in that space yeah. of trying to help me equalize some of those mm. things. But yeah, I think work ethic, I just, I've, I've always believed it to be a value point that whatever you're sure. given, you're not graduating to the next mm. until you steward that which you currently have. Right. I think we see that as a biblical principle, but it's something mm. that I just, I learned like quickly, like so many people, they're given something mm. big, small, however you want to say it. Right. But it's really what you do with that thing that you're given that's yep. going to create more. Yep. And from the very beginning- I mean, I'm I'm a pastor, so I'm going to keep going back to the Bible. I apologize right. if I'm allowed to do right. that. No, but, that's what we're doing. Yeah. But it's like the first command is like, be fruitful and multiply. Mm. And so faith doesn't maintain, faith multiplies. Always. Mm. And that's what we're called to do. Mm. But I think a lot I of times that. what happens to us, and I've I've been a victim of this before, where I, I get something and I, and I don't value it. It's too small. And I'm like, ah, oh. and mm. so I complain about it rather than multiply it. Right. And I just, I don't want to be that person. I think over Same. and over again, 
the way that we grow, the way that we expand mm. is by taking that which we have yep. and working it and working it and working That's it. it. That's it. And many times we live our life saying, oh, I'm just so stressed out. I think I heard Brian mm. Houston say this past summer. It's like stress is not your problem. Mm. Capacity is. Wow. And many times Hello. We're, we're praying the wrong prayer. We're going, mm. God, take away my stress. Mm. One of the books I read this year was called Peak Performance. And it talks about this principle that it's stress plus rest mm. that equals success. And so it's these two things. It's, it's you pushing yourself to a place that you've mm. never gone before. Wow. And then making sure that you couple that with great, great rest, rest sure. that leads to success. Sure. And so many times in life, we're always going, I need, I need like, I need to be relieved from my stress or I need to, some, I, God, mm -mm. take away all the stress. That thing that you're being wow. pushed about is it expanding your capacity mm. and how you grow. And so if you don't have a work ethic to push beyond the pain, mm. you're, you're not going to expand your capacity. That's right. And you're going to live your whole life smaller than what you could be. I love that. And so I think I'm, I think I'm just determined yeah, you to, are. to become who God's called me to become. And, yeah. and that's not to become better than you or to become mm. like you. That's to become what's the best version of me. Story of my life, and, story of my call. I love that. the way we that. do that is, is by going to work with what we got. And I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm trying to figure that out more and more. How can sure. I take on? I don't want to say I can't take on more. Right. I, I, I want to do all that God has called me to do. Totally. And I think there's more to do. <laughs> and the right. only way I'm going to get there is by figuring out how to steward that which is there right now. And so right. I got to figure out how to master those things to be given more. I, I remember, and I think you'll appreciate this story. Like both of us, we started churches like in the same month and God's been really faithful towards our churches that we've gotten to see growth. That's right. been really cool. But I know it happened for you. It happened for you, but like, you know, month one, month two, month three, and people are coming and you get these people around it. Yeah. They're going, oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing. We need a building. We, we need, yeah. we need God to give us a building. Yeah. And by the way, I, we do need a building. Yes. And, God, we pray for buildings right buildings now in Los Angeles. Buildings like the Angeles. number one word that happens yeah, for yeah. church plants. But, but it is, right? Right, always. And I actually remember, I didn't say it all the time, but consciously I remember going, actually, we don't need a building. Mm. You know what we need? We need to learn how to steward this rental That's property. That's it. I need to learn how to take this thing from one service to two services. I need to take this thing from one service to six services. Yep. I need to figure out how to be operational, that teams get in and load it in. Mm. And, get it loaded out. And, we, and you say, Why? The reason why is because if someone gives me a building before I've done all those things, I'll never be grateful for it. That's it. We'll never actually steward that building that's given to us. Right. And we'll stop growing. That's it. And it's because I didn't learn yep. how to steward the small thing yep. and multiply it. And so I think yep. if we're not careful, we'll, we'll graduate and we'll jump over seasons of life. Right. And we'll miss out on all the lessons that we had to learn, which was part of the grind of Gotta it. Gotta go back and learn them and again. And it takes the work ethic. Yeah. And so- that's kind of a, a radical thing to say, but I'm learning that more and more in leadership. It's like, dude, if you mm. give me a billion dollars tomorrow, like I, I want to have vision for it, but if I haven't learned how to manage a million, right. I can't take on. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. I right. gotta, I gotta take each one of those steps. No, I love that. Well, and I, and I, the reason why I ask the question is because I think someone could look at your life and look at who you are and what you do and the favor and the opportunities that God's given you, and and maybe be stooped into believing that it's your family or the start or just misconceptions that can come from, from the lack of proximity. And I think, you know, the reason why I ask the question is to encourage people to go like, hey, you know what leadership is? It's stewardship. Leadership is it's working hard it's and it's leaning into, it's, it's treating, I always think, wherever I am is the big time. So the big time is where I'm at. So right now there's nothing bigger in the whole world than Zoe Church. 
because that's big in my heart. So I'm not convinced. So anything else is bigger than that. And when you when you're convinced of that, you work hard for the thing that's in your hand. So my um, uncle Miles Corgan was uh, you'll appreciate this was a was part of the football coaching staff for the University of Washington Huskies. Right, right, right. And he had a insane upbringing. He's gone to be with Jesus now, but he was literally born an orphan and then his foster parents passed away. I mean, he just had a troubled, troubled upbringing and really mm. came from nothing. And just all the things that he was ended up doing in life was just really amazing. But his favorite phrase was that right there, wherever I'm at, that's the big time. Yeah. And I preached a message not too long ago and I was challenging our church with just the idea of the perspective that you take on that sometimes you need to audibly say out loud, whatever that thing is that you're doing, that this is big. Huge. Because we live in a world today that's addicted to big, but we don't understand that in order to get to whatever you think big is, you start small. And totally. God, he always starts in the seed format. Yeah. And you have to learn that as a leader, your job is to steward the seeds that he gives you. Right. If you pray for trees, guess right. what God does? He gives you seeds. Right, right. <laughs> and you got to plant the that's seeds. Brilliant. I love that. And that's that. where trees come from. And so it's, it's that, that's, his, that's his mechanism. That's how he works. And I actually think that we have to learn how to talk to ourselves more than listen yes, to ourselves. That's it. So I have literally challenged our church before. Yes. That, hey, when you're picking up your kid from after school and you're going, this feels small, this is big. Yeah. When you get your whole family to sit down on a Monday night for dinner, this is big. Right, right, when right, you get right. Done with the financial meeting that's really boring. And yep. This is big. Totally. And over and over again, I think that our job as leaders is to figure out new vernacular, mm. new language to mm. help people. We just got done. Our, our, our theme this year as a church is stand firm. Yeah. It's all the same principles. Yeah. The premise of my message was, honestly, the way you steward your mundane moments is what creates memorable moments. Mm. Because so much yep, of my that's life, that's and what, what you're trying to get at is, is monotonous. <laughs> it's so mundane. I, like, like I was just in London talking to these pastors, these young pastors, like 300 young <laughs> pastors that, with Hillsong. And I just went in for a long time. I go, I just want, we got to, let's just stop. Like yeah. my life is so monotonous yeah. and mundane. We live boring lives. Oh my, it's, <laughs> I, totally. I, I just start going through my schedule. I was like, yeah. Monday's meeting Monday. And yeah. I, I wake up and yeah. I go to the gym and I, and I come back and then I, I read my Bible and then I read the book that I'm in. <laughs> and then I take a shower and I pre and then I go into the office and I get to the office and I sit in a director's meeting yeah. and I listen to everyone talk about the problems. Yeah. After the director's meeting, I get up and I talk to our staff and I try to encourage them and I pump them up and try right. to go for it. After that, I sit in a programming meeting for the weekend. After the programming meeting, I sit down in a financial meeting. After the financial meeting, I sit down in counseling meetings. Tuesday, I get up and I spend all day long. I don't know why it still takes me this long, but I spend all freaking day <laughs> trying to write a sermon. Right. And I still don't know why after doing this for this many years, it takes me this long to do. Yeah. I have to still write out eight pages manuscript form to preach, which maybe you don't even think it's a good sermon, but it took me a really long time to do it. <laughs> right. And then Wednesday I come back in and we call it wrap up Wednesday. And I sit there and I go to department check-ins and I go to a weekend meeting. And then Thursdays, think a lot Thursday. And we go through every programming creative meeting. I still talk to people that are mad at the church and I still view every report on growth track. I love my city yeah. kids report. The whole point I'm saying all of that though, is what's led to the things that people might be talk about. Yeah. It's 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 this mundane totally. stuff that you don't see that's not fun to put on Instagram yeah. that determines and creates mm. these short moments that are beautiful. That's it. And so full circle here, we're just going, it's like falling in love with that and, and knowing yeah. that and talking. This is big. It is. This, this is big. What I'm doing right now, this is the big time. And I think people can feel that. You can always sense if someone sees themselves or their thing as small. Wow. Which I always think is tragic. Like, I, I don't like being around leaders that I think are awesome and amazing, and they self-deprecate to wow. a place where it's like, 
where does that inferior spirit come from? Because mm. I like being around people that in a healthy way go, I'm building something big yeah. and my life is big. And I appreciate that because it talks about self-value and self-worth. Absolutely. So all of it matters. The stewardship of where you're at, Jeez. you know, from whether we're in Puyallup or, or in Bellevue or LA, I just look at everything I'm doing is big. And I'm not saying that is it in a prideful way. I just believe every, if God put it in my hand, he put something good in my heart, what we're doing is huge. So I'm not going to treat it like it's small or it's inferior to others or it's not as big as so-and-so. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because of what I'm doing. It's huge. And I think that that's what makes you attractive. And it's actually that type of spirit. It is. That outlook. Yeah. It's, it's that attractive way of living. To people. That creates. It's infectious. The it's contagious. That yes. creates a life-changing atmosphere. Totally. That it creates momentum. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just... I think I've discovered that principle. Mm. I think at different times that principle is threatened in us at yeah, different phases, different seasons. Of course, of but we have we that's why we can't yeah. st- quit talking about. It. We have to remind ourselves over and over and over again. I love it. And I think so many people, yeah, I think that their outlook has been so skewed and they totally. don't know that they're hurting themselves. They don't know that they've become their own worst enemy simply by the way that they've decided to view that which God has given them. Absolutely. Talk to me about I love um I love the word reinvent because I think that's kind of something that every leader has to do. We'll probably have to do this another hundred times. Sure. And so you you, you practice reinventing. Um, I'm just going to talk everybody through kind of just vu. Um, so you're a young adult pastor for how many years at your dad's church? Eight years? Nine years? 2007 to eight years. Yeah, eight years. So then you start a church and starts a you know, just a little small group few people interested and a couple gatherings launch a church in September three years ago 2015 yeah and this thing has you don't have to say but I'll say it over 4,000 people in three that's un we just let's pause for a praise break I'm gonna raise the roof like it was 2007 that felt great you're literally doing you know what I mean you're literally yeah. raising the flex roof. too. This video, uh, this is not just audio. GP, this is video. are you with me? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we have a church. We ain't going yeah. nowhere. So that's unbelievable. Yeah. So so talk me through because who you were when people were interested versus people that came when you launched and when you were at hundreds to a thousand to how how do you know when it's time to reinvent yourself? How do you? discipline yourself to go what got me here i'm certain won't get me there wow what, what was working for me yeah i i can sense is going to work against me so talk to me about when you're because i i see you as a risk taker you're always doing that and reinventing is taking a risk sure if you just keep doing the same thing it's really you're scared to change yeah so how do you as a leader how do you go these are things i've put in my life that help me make the decision to reinvent. Yeah. You know, change is inevitable. Yeah. Progress is optional. Yeah, totally. And so once again, I think it's educating yourself, learning. I think the past is a great teacher. You know what I mean? History is a great teacher. And change is going to happen. And everyone is for change until something changes. (laughs) So like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let's change it. Don't change my area, man. You got it. Don't change (laughs) me. And so- I, I think I think leadership life is about embracing the change. Mm. At 34 years of age, I think it's easier to change. I think 
um, I think it gets harder and harder and harder and harder. Mm. But I think in my story, I think the providence of God is really amazing because when I was 22 or 23 years of age and we were starting the rendezvous, which is what VU Church is for, I had no idea that this name that I came up with in college right. was going to play the next decade of my life. And wow, you know, it's 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 attached to me. It's funny, right? Because I just remember being, being in college at Lee University and Don Tree and I were going back to work for my dad and we were going to start this young adult program and really didn't know what we were doing, but definitely right. were excited. And dad had given us really a blank canvas and said, hey, you take the Tuesday night and there's nothing happening that night. You do whatever you want. Wow. In, in some ways that could be paralyzing for some people. For me, that was- Let's go. Yeah, it was thrilling. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, okay, we had we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And that's what made it so much fun. But I had no idea that naming this thing called The Rendezvous was going to be something we'd be talking about, you and I, whatever it was, 12 years later, you know, wherever we're at today, 11 years later. Um, so I just think God's really amazing with mm. that. But in that, anything that we're starting, organizations, um, businesses, churches, these are these are living organisms. Yeah. Like a lifespan, if mm. it doesn't change, it dies. Totally. It just, like, I just had a, I had a son eight months ago and it's crazy when you have a child and you're watching this kid every day change when you're this close, you, you can't always see it, but I'm going to come back from this trip. We're in LA right now. And I've only been gone for two days, but when I see him in two days, I'm like, who, who, who is this kid? Yeah, you've, yeah. you've changed so yeah, much. Like yeah. the progress is like, Whoa, yeah. bro. Totally. Sometimes when you're so close, you, you can't, you can't see it and you, and you mm. can stifle it. But when you kind of get it back, you're going, Oh, I can, I can see this thing happening. Totally. If, if we quit changing, we're, we're dying. Yep. You look around God's creation. Mm. Creation has seasons yep. and has rhythm and you've got fall mm. and you've got winter and you've mm. got spring and you've got summer and the leaves change. And so our organizations, our business are going to have to do the exact same thing. Right. And if we're not committed to changing with them or helping lead that change, we're going to get left behind yep. or we're going to die. Right. When I was in um, university, I was in my capstone business class and I remember our professor, he used to have like these, he had like these 21 quotes, like every day of class, he'd give us a new quote. And part of your final exam, aside from all the real stuff is that you had to write out all 21 of his quotes. And they were all really good leadership principles and whatnot. But one that I'll never forget is he used to say, you know, if the horse is dead, dismount. Mm. <laughs> and it's, it's a matter of fact. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But in organizations, Man. this happens left and right. In churches, that's the one that I'm most familiar with. Man, how many things have you been a part of? That that thing was dead three years ago. Yeah, get but off. nobody chose to get off the horse because they were so committed. Yeah, or that the idea itself was so precious. Yeah, and really, it's just a lack that they were unwilling to change. They were they were they were afraid to reinvent that which was. Mm. And so, I want to make sure that I'm building a world and a culture, I'm building right. a life. I wanna put values out there that are helping guide me mm. as opposed to just lingering and hanging on to old ideas. And so wow. over and over again, right. we would talk about that. We wanna be a people that change. We wanna say that our ideas aren't precious. Right. Um, that if there's a better idea, let's take that. Our first totally. value as a staff and as a team is to make things better. That's it. And I like that because once again, it doesn't say make things the best, it says make yeah. things better. It's, it's, a, it's a growing, ever yep. evolving thing. And so when you're asking me the question in my life, I think there's been different moments we could go through them where we've had to pivot and reinvent. Yep. And it's because you could kind of see, man, I'm, I'm the momentum's starting to shift a little bit. And what a lot of people do is a lot of people, they make the change far too late. The horse has been dead and you've been sitting there and you lost two years because yeah. you weren't moving forward. You want to realize, oh man, this horse 
has got arthritis in his legs. Right, right. Let's get off and get another one. Everybody else knew this six months ago. Yeah, yeah. And Why so, didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> you know, the whole idea of momentum, right, is that you want to make the change before you're at the top of that's that it. hill. Because that's it. Because momentum is when you're coming down that hill, you, you, you're, not, you're not having to pedal anymore. It's yeah. like you just, it, it's pushing you. And so I think with rendezvous, I think there's been moments where I've gotten it right. And there's been moments where I've gotten it wrong. Yeah. Um, but we came to a place for sure that that season, you could tell mm. it was over. In fact, I think it might've been a year too late at times that we were mm. trying to hang on to it because yeah. we loved it so much. And we, were, sure. we were afraid. It's your baby. We didn't know what you're stepping out yeah. into. Yeah. When you take those steps, it's, it always feels that way a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I think for me, when it comes to just maybe some good practical advice, because I think there's some people right now who's like, oh man, like I've been doing something for one year and it <laughs> hasn't taken off. Maybe I should change. The horse is dead. <laughs> yeah, and so I, there, there, there needs to be some clarity with that. Yeah, right? like yeah, How do you yeah, decipher yeah. between That's it. this thing's dead versus this thing needs to, it needs Faithfulness. commitment. And yeah. yeah, I need to invest into sure. it. And there's lots of practical mechanisms I could, I could give. I think that you want godly counsel. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like That's you need it. to get some people. If you're yeah. a lone ranger making all your calls. Yeah, yeah. You're going to, you're Done. gonna, you're gonna, I don't care how good you are, you're gonna miss at some point. Totally. So you wanna make sure you get some people that are around you that are counseling you. But then I also think one of the best ways I make decisions, and it's it's just language that uh, someone shared with me many years ago, but it, it resonated with me and maybe it might resonate with someone out there is that when I make a decision, there's three areas that I'm looking at mm. and it's my head, it's my heart, mm. and it's my gut. Wow. So my head is my logic. Yep, yep. My heart is my desire. Mm. And then my gut is just that. Wow. It's that Sense. intuition yeah, of a it. leader. I love that. I have to get two out of three. Mm. So. It's great. Sometimes it logically makes sense. And my gut says we should do this. But my heart's, I'm not like, this is not some, yeah. I'm not bleeding. I'm ah. Yeah. But I'm going, God, this this logically up here, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. And then my, my gut's like, this, take the moment. Other times my heart. Mm. Is all here, but my gut is just like I don't. I, I'm not, yeah, but my my logic is going. That. That's good. So it's just I, I gotta get that. two out of three. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's my heart. Yeah. It's my gut, and my head's going. This don't make it any make sense. sense. But I'm going. I got that I gut, that. and my heart is alive, and I'm going. I love that. And so the the language for me has been good because I think a lot of people sometimes they, they we, especially in the church. Once again, yeah. I'm sorry to keep reducing it down because I know this audience is more than just churchgoers, but it's good for me in the way that I apply it. Sure. Church people at times can just over-spiritualize everything. Yep. And we take faith as, as I'm walking on water. Well, yeah. It's cool to walk on water if Jesus is present. If he's calling. If he's calling, if way. not. Because logically well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, if you're out on the beach today going, yeah. I'm, Peter did it, I yeah, can do it. Well, yeah, 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 it's like, is he yeah, calling yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, And you you and I have seen that over and over again. And I think there's too many people today. Totally. I think we have a- I, I love this. Here we go. I think, especially in the church world, we have a far greater percentage of people mm. who are over-spiritualizing yep. and who are not committed to things yep. than we do have having people that are committed, working it, yeah. invested. Yeah. That are, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that, that are that are there yeah. that should like give up because of that. No, no, no. I think that most people need to yeah. work harder totally. and need to stay longer. That's it. That's totally And it. I think less people need to make so I I don't yeah. want like I don't want to confuse people right now because people have selective no, no. hearing. I, thought, I, I, think I think some people go, oh yeah, like I just need to like, dude, there's a season to growth. Yeah. And so you plant seed and there's time yeah. and there's a harvest. And too many people, they leave before they can ever see their harvest. Totally. They leave before they can even see the fruit of their labor. That's it. And the fruit of your labor I, doesn't happen in one year. I've always felt like whenever I've had to change and reinvent myself, it has always been attached to empowerment. 
it's it, it, I have to reinvent myself, which means I've got to give away more. Mm. And well, I've got to I've got to create space for me to do something else yep. that other people can do what I'm doing. It's it's usually it's not like reinvent like I got to reinvent my preaching. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, I got to reinvent my my you know, create intimacy in my marriage. Yeah, but as far as leadership goes in this context, usually when I'm reinventing myself, it's going you got to empower more people to do more things and you've got to go do what nobody else can do. It's always, it, and man. that's the hardest part. The heart, because usually my problem is personally, I love doing that. Yeah, this is what's making this hum. Yeah, this has got my handprint on it, so that's why I've got to teach somebody else how to do that. Totally, I got to release. But this is my, and I've, I've, I find this consistent with a lot of leaders is that we'll hold on to something for too long. And then that here it comes, and we're making decisions mm. when it's too late. Every time I've done that, I've regretted it. Totally. So I love, I love I talking hate about that, that feeling. Yeah, I hate that feeling. I want to uh, talk about one of my favorite things with you, and that's relationships. Yeah. You, you're doing a relationship series right now, or maybe just finished it. I don't know. We just wrapped it up. Yeah. Unbelievable. You've been doing relationship series, by the way, for years. Right. Nobody does. Like, how many relationship series have you too, done through the years? Too many. So many. Too you're so many. good at it. But I think, <clears throat> I think one of the like, I'm that's such a preacher. <laughs> like, always clearing his throat. If <gasps> you, you ever go, that's crazy. <laughs> Welcome even to the stage. I get up. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the things I love about you is that you're really a good steward of relationships. You're a loyal person. I think that you, one of my, two of my favorite phrases you use about relationships is one alignment determines assignment. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But another one uh, that I learned from you is healthy relationships are a reflection of a healthy individual mm. or healthy individuals. So talk to me about those two things. You've made decisions to align yourself with people. How do you discern that? How do you know that? How has that changed your life, your alignment? And then how do you get healthy? How do you how do you handle relationships? And you're you're trusted, you're loved, you're celebrated, you're you've got a lot of relationships from all kinds of different spheres. So how do you handle a lot of relationships? How do you have healthy relationships? How do you align yourself and and discern this is gonna mm. be my tribe? Talking about relationships. There's a whole lot of cool studies and books that are out right now. Most for many, many years in America, especially people would talk about IQ, you know, mm. your, your level of intelligence. Sure. But in the last 20 years, uh, especially in the leadership space and organizational space, mm. there's been a whole lot of new conversation around this idea of emotional intelligence. And I think in 95, I can't remember the author's name, but the book subtitle was, you know, how emotional intelligence can be more important than I believe IQ. it. You know what I mean? And I do too. Emotional intelligence essentially is understanding your emotions and yep. understanding other people's emotions and helping to lead through that. Yep. And so it takes self-awareness. It takes social awareness. It takes self-management. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I've always naturally tried to lean into that space. I don't think I had language or vocabulary for any of those things, but I'm, I'm paying more and more attention to that. I, I just, in my life, as I, as I look at my life mm. and the opportunities, that's probably a good word, the quote unquote, I hate the word success because, but, but for the all intents sure. and purposes, like, I use the word. word success to yeah. go like, these are cool things that have helped kind of create, right. you know, your resume, the things that you've been accomplished that you're yep. known for. 
And it's always been attached to me aligning myself with people. And mm. I love what Jim Collins says in Good to Great. Mm. He says, the right vision with the wrong people is irrelevant. Wow. And it's just the truth. Hold on, say that again. Say the it right, again for the people in yeah, the back. The right vision with the wrong people is irrelevant. Good God. So you can talk all day about that vision. That is awesome. But if you don't have the right people around yeah. you, you'll, you'll never ever get there. Mm. So talk all about the, the leader's mm. job is to get the right people. In fact, yeah. the right people trumps the right vision because totally. the right people, <laughs> this is the truth, yeah. they don't even care where you're headed. Yeah. They're just pumped you're together. Yeah. What does he say? He says, doesn't matter where the bus is going. All that matters is who's on, who's the, on the bus. bus. We'll figure that out. Yeah, we will. Do you, like literally yeah. vision almost comes second. It's like, we'll figure out where we're going. Yeah, yeah. But who's who's here? Yeah. And even before I heard that language, I always sensed that. Mm. You, me, Don, Shree, and Julia could get in a car right now. And it's like, oh, like, do you want to go to Santa Barbara? Yeah. Or do we want to go to San Diego? Yeah. Like, it wouldn't really matter. Or Laguna. Let's go to Laguna. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> there would be a debate. But yeah. I'm just going, the whole point is that we'd be laughing the whole time. Because it's like, these yeah. are our dearest friends. And we love yeah. each other. And like, wouldn't it matter if we were in Omaha? Yeah. We're, we're going to be together. That's it. And so- I think I've always sensed that. I think the way we try to build our church is just going like, hey, yeah. it's less about what we're doing. It's more about who we're doing it with. Mm. And so alignment for me, it's just like, I've always wanted to align myself with, with the right people. Yeah. And so when you say, who are the right people? Well, I think that you you want to see the fruit of someone's life. Absolutely. When I use the word fruit, it's kind of a biblical word, but like, what what is what are the results of their life? What do they have yeah. in their life? I, w- I want to reach up. I think that, that that's a powerful teaching. You that do that so good. You gotta learn how to reach up. Yeah. If you're the smartest person in your group, mm. you need a new crew. Yeah. Like you, you need, the way you get sharper, scripture. Oh my God, I'm such a pastor. <laughs> what? Yeah. Stop apologizing. Well, I just feel like I want to make sure. Do. Yeah, no, I just want to make do, sure. I appreciate like we're that. Not, but also, <laughs> people know well, you're a pastor. Says, the scripture says, iron sharpens yeah. iron. So one man sharpens another. And that's a fun thing to quote, but but consider that for a minute. Yeah. What is iron and sharpening? There's friction happening. Mm. There's tension happening. They're going back and forth and you get sharper. Mm. And so relationships yeah. are not about you satisfying me. It's about sharpening me. Mm. But if I'm only hanging out with people that are dull, that are not going to have any kind of good combustion and friction, if we're not going right. to have robust conversation, if we're not going to mm. debate, if we're not going to challenge, robust, if I'm not going to learn, word. then we're not going to get sharp. And so I have to figure out how to insert myself into bigger worlds and bigger mm. spaces. And I need to honor, and I need to ask questions and I need to seek opportunities to get better and to grow. Cause that's not just going to come to me. Mm. I have to be intentional about that. Wow. And so I think relationships, man, like people are the greatest asset in your life. Mm. Bottom. 100% line. agree. It's just the greatest asset yeah. in your life. It's, it's, it's worth more than your money. The quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. Yeah. And I just, I will bank on that over and over and over again. Mm. So I think in church, we're talking about relationship collections or series in church. And for us, we've just, I've done them for many, many years because I actually think that when Jesus came, his it wasn't just his mission to get us to heaven. Mm-mm. That was that was objective number one. But objective number two is that while you're here on earth, if you live according to me, your whole life is going to flourish. You're going to walk into the Zoe abundant life. Yep. I've come to give you life and life more yep. abundantly. And I think that his principles actually teach us how to walk in abundance with one another. And mm. so I think we need teaching in the church today to say, man, this is how you, in your romantic relationships, yeah. this is how in your friendship relationships, how you get along. He came mm. that we would be unified together. And so I love it. for me, I just see so many positive results, positive opportunities 
because of the people I do life with. That's it. That I want to make sure we're taking time to teach our church. And so that's, that's on the romantic side. And that's also just on the yeah. relational side. But I th- I, again, the reason why I ask you is because I think that you are someone I look at and go, wow, you steward relationships so well. You protect people. You serve people. Kind. Um, I love that about, you know, uh, we were just uh, mentioning one of your staff members that got sick and you flew to go um uh, meter. What was it? Mexico. Where, which? Yeah, we had two people on our staff. Uh, two people, the year, right? And Mariana. Yeah. But that's one story of a hundred stories I can think about. You going to be with people in hospitals and sit with people late through the night to talk through their problems, and um, that's something that I think all of us. If I'm being honest, I think that's the number one question people are wanting to figure out in their life. How do I handle these relationships? Mm. Family, mm. spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, coworkers. What's most people's biggest hurdle? Their thinking pattern. Second problem, relationships. Yeah. Just those are to me kind of the top two. I don't think right. So my thinking's bad and I, I can't figure out how to handle these relationships. So as a leader, I, and I love that you talked about emotional intelligence. I'll never forget my dad. My dad got really into this whole emotional intelligence, started reading all these books, like it. taking all these tests. My dad called me a couple of years ago. He says, son, I just took an emotional intelligence test. And it turns out this is, he used this word. This is not a politically correct word. I don't know if you should use it. Then. Yeah, they, he he goes. I turned out I'm a I'm emotionally. I can't even use the yeah, word. Don't I'm, use it. I'm emotionally inept. Un, inept. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, right. And my dad goes. Those were the results. I said, Dad, you don't have to take the test. I could have told you that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I could have told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But we come the generation before us. You know, again, going back to this last 20 years, generation before us maybe was emotionally shut off or didn't know how to emotionally. But in today's currency, relationships are so important. And I think that's, if we're leaning into leadership, it's one subject I want to figure out. How do I handle these relationships? Well, I think the good news when it comes to emotional intelligence is that you can grow in it yeah. and you can learn it. Absolutely. And that's what I think so many people, they feel like they can't graduate and grow. And the truth of the matter is you can. Emotions, right. emotional intelligence comes from your feelings. Your feelings come from your thoughts. So it's training your mind how to mm. think correctly. Mm. And the more you become self-aware, the more you learn how to manage yourself, get disciplined, right. the more you discover social circles and be able to read the signs in other people, right. you can grow. But, you know, I, I, we preached a message, and not to be uh, the guy who preaches his message all over again on a podcast, but we just preached a message just uh, last week, Don Shree and I, and it was in this collection on relationships. And mm. the last message was called Trapped in Offense. Mm. And the reason why I bring it up is because I think there, are, I think you're absolutely right that people, their number one question, I think in church, aside from, yeah, like the big theological questions about God purpose is, is always with relationships. Yeah. And it's because that's what the enemy's gonna constantly come and try to attack. Totally. And so the the message was called trapped in offense. And mm. Matthew 24, Jesus speaking in the last days, I think verse 10, he says, in the last days, many people will be offended with one another. And I think it's probably pretty relevant today in 2018 yeah. that as you're trying to talk and just have a candid conversation that you're afraid for a moment <laughs> to say the wrong word because it's going to offend, offend somebody. Right. And we live in a day-to-day, right, that, everyone's opinions is offensive and everyone's disrespecting one another and we're so divided and right. we're so polarized and we're so we're so set apart from one another. Yeah. And so it's clear that Jesus was onto something. But what's really interesting about that word offense in the Greek 
is the word scandalon. And the word scandalon mm. in the Greek means trap. Mm. And I think today when it comes to relationships is that people are trapped in offense, that we get offended with one another. And what happens is that when I get offended with you, I get trapped in that offense. And as soon as I get trapped, I'm caught mm. and I'm imprisoned mm. by my feelings, by how I, how I think you should have treated me, that you disrespected me. Mm. And so when I get offended with you, I think that by being offended with you or hurt by you, that mm. I'm paying you back somehow by giving you the cold shoulder, right, 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 by right, cutting right. you off, right, right. by, by severing the relationship. Yeah. But the reality of it is I'm destroying my future. Ooh. Wow. And so I think when it comes to managing relationships, mm. if you want to manage relationships and you want yeah. to steward relationships, you're going to have to understand very, very quickly that living a life offended, offense builds a fence around yeah. you. Yeah. And so many people today, the reason why they don't partner with others, the reason why they don't collaborate it. is because they're, they, they, they've lived small lives because they wanna be justified. Yeah. But when it comes to offense and when it comes to relationships, the main word that's gonna help every relationship is the, is the, is the practice of forgiveness. Yeah. And it sounds so old school and so biblical, but it's just the truth. It is. That I'm choosing to forgive. That forgiveness is not about justice. Mm. Forgiveness is about freedom. Wow. <laughs> and so many people are not free wow. in relations today because they're trapped in a fence. They're yep. trapped in a hurt. Yep. They're trapped in a wound. And this happens in, in leadership like crazy. Oh, you and I should literally talk about this for a long time. Yeah. You've got senior leaders Jeez. that are offended with staff that didn't yeah. support, that they didn't feel like were loyal, that were divisive, that hurt them, that left them. Didn't post about them enough on Instagram. Whatever the thing right. is, and, and they're trapped. Right. And their world's getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And they have this fence going up and they're getting yeah. isolated. But all of their success and all their future is tied to the motivation and the relationship of the team pushing the bus forward. That's it. Then you've got people underneath the senior leader yeah. that feel like they were overlooked, that mm. feel like they weren't appreciated, that mm. feel like they were talked down to, and they're offended, and mm. the world's getting smaller and smaller. Then you've got friends Woo. that started together, but then one grew, and now yeah. they're in competition with them, mm. and they're hurt by them, and they don't even know it. They can't even identify it, and they're trapped mm. in offense. Then you've got marriages that, just the list goes oh, on and on yeah, and on. Right. And I think for all of us, when you're coming back to this whole thing about, it's like, I wanna be a person mm. that's quick to forgive. Yeah. I wanna be a person that realizes, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, like it's almost, it's almost just, it, it, it's it's the thought process because yeah. it's like, I have to keep telling myself, I need Chad. Yeah. Because I'm so self-absorbed and yeah. I'm so self-focused. So I need to change the thought pattern. If I really want to get even, if I really want to mm. get to where I, I need to go, I need to keep telling myself, I need Chad. Yeah. I need I need Don Cherie. I yeah. need, I, and I think that we have to change the way we're thinking about it. Totally. Because if you hurt me or if I think you've done something, I, I'm the one who's trapped, not you. Yeah. Not you, like I'm not getting you back. I'm not getting even with you. No, the, the scriptures say that in order to get revenge, keep, you know, <laughs> yeah, like you want to yeah. heap coals on them, forgive them, yeah, love them, yeah. bless them. Right. So I don't know. I think I think it's I think there's some powerful conversation that needs to be had that we should be having. No, I, when I, it comes well, to I this think this is, this is huge. Because, I mean, think about you talk about leadership, right? Leader stewardship and work ethic and so reinventing yourself, so many things we talk about. But if you're a bitter, mm. offended leader, it's just so hard to follow. 
It's really difficult because you start sabotaging relationships. You just get weird behavior. Yeah. You're di- everybody knows it, but you. There's la- nobody can have access to you. Really, it's just a bizarre. You become well, a bizarre it, person. It's it, it's funny because <laughs> this whole idea of a trap right now in my house. We, my Don Shane and I are, we had to move out of our house because we have mice in our house. Stop. You can't make this stuff up, bro. Stop. Miami. It's it's a, have, it's a difficult place to live. Would you believe this? Our exterminator came to the house. His name is Mickey. <laughs> you can't. Please tell me you preach this. You, oh, Please tell me you use this. Of course. This. That's, you can't. The guy walked in and- No one can give you a better gift. He's an exterminator and says, my name's yeah, no, Mickey. This, you could have closed the service right I said, there. said, your name's Mickey. That's a roar. The, the church Mickey, roars and the you go- the exterminator of mice? Yeah, that's brilliant. I knew I was called to it ever since I was a young yeah. boy. yeah. I hated Mickey Mouse. Like, oh my goodness. So you can't make it up. But we have these mice traps all over their house and we've caught five. I hate to say it, but it's- <laughs> Number of grace. Keep going. <laughs> like two, number of grace. But what's funny is that a, a, a mouse trap is not a trap for you or me. Like- Right. We we know it's a trap. Mm. A, a mouse trap though to a, to a mouse, mm. they don't know it's a trap. Mm. You bait them with the food and, yes. and they fall into the trap. Yep. It's funny. I think when the enemy comes- he doesn't use the same traps on all of us. He baits us differently. Mm. And what's always amazing is everyone else around wow. you can see where your trap is, but wow. you, because the trap is a trap for you. Yeah. And it's why you need voices. It's what yep. you're saying there. It's going like, man, everyone can see that you're bitter. Yeah. Everyone can see that you're hurt, that you're yeah. broken. And you trying to justify yourself as to mm. how, you could be justified. Yeah. But do I want to be justified or do I want to be free? Mm. And wow. th- that that's where I'm coming. It's like, I think with relationships, I want to keep reminding myself that, oh my goodness, I need these people yep. to reach the thing that God's called me to. Mm. And there I is love this, that. I need them. There is this sentiment, especially even in the leadership and business space today, that's like this idea at times that's so much like, I'll prove the haters wrong. Self-made man. Yeah, I, I did it. We, you know, And it's going, I don't think, the scripture says this, that one can put a thousand to flight, mm. two can put 10,000 to flight. That's it. That's some weird math right there. Right. <laughs> because the math of collaboration is always multiplication. Ooh. That when you go from one, but a thousand. I'm sorry, you put, have to say it again. The math of what? The math of collaboration is always multiplication. Beautiful. So you and I together yes. are going to be able to reach. Great. But you and I separate. You're over there and I'm over here. It's 1,000 and 1,000. That's it. Chad and Rich together, 10,000. Game Whoa, over. it should be 2,000, I think. Wow. No, it's not addition anymore. The math of it's collaboration is multi- That's brilliant. And I think that that's, that's what the enemy wants to stop us from. Yeah. He wants to stop our collaboration on yeah. every level, especially yeah. in the kingdom of God. That's why he attacks marriages. That's why he attacks homes. That's why he attacks friendships. That's, that's why Jesus prays his last prayer saying, God, I pray that they would be united. Mm. That the world would know they're my disciples by their love for yeah. one another. Wow. And so when we say alignment is more important than assignment, it's true. You and I walking in peace and harmony, mm. we're going to do, we'll do assignment after assignment after Crush assignment it. after assignment. Yep. So I'm more focused on what, yeah. what are we doing together than I am with, let me go do my thing. Because mm. my thing is so much smaller than our thing. Totally. I think something I appreciate about people that are really good at relationships too is longevity. Mm. That they don't always have a new batch of friends. Sure. Last night I was preaching at my dad's uh, pastor's conference. And there's people, I just, I, I'm just blown away. People that my parents have been friends with yeah. for years, have been in my life since I was 10, 12, 15. And yep. I'm hugging these people going, these are some of our dearest friends. We've been in life together. You know, the guy that led my dad to the Lord last night, we honored him in the service. 
but this guy didn't just lead my dad to Christ and, and you know, help him get saved. And then it was just like, goodbye. I've grown up with that guy my whole life. Like, like I just, Beautiful. I, I want to be like, my parents are so good at that. You're good at that. If you're a leader out there that's listening today, I just, man, if we can value relationships, I just, I just think it's a game changer. Well, there's three types of people always in your life. There's people that are coming. Mm. There's people that are staying. <laughs> there's people that are going. Yeah. Welcome those that are coming. Yep. Listen to those that are staying. Yep. And celebrate those that are going. I love that. <laughs> and and the idea is, is that you, you need some people that you're going to walk out your journey with. Yeah. Yet you always want to make sure that you are living a life that's going, there's always room mm. at the table for mm. someone new. I love that. And I got to always have this healthy mechanism that there's going to be people that are going to mm. wound me and hurt me. Mm. But rather than being wounded and hurt and harboring the betrayal, I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to forgive you. That's great. I'm going to bless you as you go. That's great. And- I, I was ch I challenged our team, you know, because our team back home right now in the season of our organization where mm. we're at, it, it, dude, camaraderie and unity is not our challenge right now. What is our challenge is that if we're not careful, we can become exclusive mm. because it's so good and everyone's so familiar it's, that you yeah. can stop being evangelistic. You can stop yeah. being big. You can stop going. Absolutely. And I want my heart to expand. I want my yep. heart to grow. And so if I'm going to dinner, I'm going with Chad and Julia, two of my best friends, and then we're inviting a new couple with yeah. us. Yep. I'm going to always yep. create a moment, a pocket yeah. to say, man, we can't forget about the, the new voices that are coming in, but That's I got to make sure I'm welcoming those that are coming, I'm listening to those that are yeah. staying, and I'm celebrating those that are going. I love that. I was just thinking this morning, reminding myself, I am a recruiter. Yeah. Hey, just a heads up. Wow. You're a recruiter. What's your full-time job? You're in the recruiting business. There you go. So don't you stop recruiting. You moment you just, it's just us and we're having fun and we're best friends. You are Every entrepreneur the out there needs to listen to that. Write that down right now. You are the recruiter. Church planter. <laughs> I don't care who you delegated that to yeah. in year one. You no. don't get to delegate that. That's... We are every day sharing the story, yep. every day making someone new aware of that we're in that city. It's yep, just, that's it. huge to say and, that. And, and, and I, you, we need language like that because we forget it. Someone just um, was reminding me, they were just with Chris Hodges and and reminding me, you know, Pastor Chris, as you know, one of the largest churches in America, you know, we he's just unbelievable. He's one of my favorite people. Steal everything he does. Everything that he does. But he said to this person, I'm always recruiting. And it challenged you, reminded me, Hey, mm. hey, bro, you do realize your full-time job is recruiting wow. and you can lose sight of it. Sometimes it's the work, Yep, you know, and the, what's in front of us. I, I can get so task-oriented. I'm, sure. I'm on my laptop all day. I'm in yeah, meetings yeah. all day. I'm trying to strategize and boom. And I can forget, hey, you know what you can actually do better than anybody? You can recruit really good. Jeez. And you can actually teach people how to recruit. So I think that's big. Last question. Um, this is so fun, by the way. I'm I love this. It. I think this is fantastic. Last thing. Um, I want to talk about pressure. Mm. Let's end with this. Because I remember maybe about, I want to say within the last couple of years, I remember us talking about this subject, feeling pressure. Mm. And I can't remember what you were facing. Maybe it was criticism from, from media or mm. I, I can't remember the season. But talk to me about... Because any entrepreneur, anybody trying to build something, I don't care what it is and where it is, you're going to sometimes slide into that feeling like, oh, man, mm. I remember your dad. <laughs> I love your dad so much. I remember one time he told me, I said, uh, Pastor Rich, I'm going to L.A. 
and I'm going to start a church. And I remember your dad's, as a father in the faith, wise beyond his years, loves us as young guys. He kind of just kind of let me in on his life. And and he kind of started asking me, are you sure that you want that? And he used financial pressure on you. Mm. I remember being like, wait, I'm a... I'm going to face financial pressure. Like I've been doing youth ministry. We just do camps and conferences. Right. And so I, I mm. now sometimes when I face financial pressure, I can recall, mm. oh, that's what Pastor Rich was talking about. How do you handle pressure in the different, you know, variety of different spheres of your life? Yeah. How do you handle that? I think that over and over again to me, like uh, I'm going to use this phrase again. I, I talk to myself a lot. Mm. Like good. I just love that thought. Talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Because when I listen to myself, I say toxic things. Mm. I say things that mm. I'm not proud of. Mm. I say things that I would never preach. <laughs> so it's like that idea that David encouraged himself in the mm. Lord is what the scripture says. I love that. That we as preachers, we're good at preaching to everyone else. And mm. sometimes we, we fail to preach to ourselves. Mm. And I was using an example the other day with our team because our theme this year is stand firm. Mm. And stand firm can kind of sound like not much of a vision statement. It can kind of sound sort of passive. Yet my point to the church was that it's out of Exodus when Moses cries out, you know, to God, they got the Red Sea there. And Moses says to the people, stand firm and God will deliver us. Oh, I love that. And I think the idea for all of us is as we stand firm in Jesus, as we stand firm in his promises, he's the one that's gonna make a way. Let's not waver, let's not back down, let's not retreat. Mm. What's the point of taking ground if you don't know how to stand your ground? Mm. (laughs) So I wanna be a person that knows how to stand some ground because as I take and occupy new spaces, I need to know how to stay planted and not back away. Great. But in that whole idea of standing firm, it's so funny because I was getting up to preach that day at our church. This was just a few weeks ago and as I'm getting ready to preach, we're getting this information about one of our venues. I'll, I'll spare you the whole story, but you know, renting venues, it's just a very fickle ground. Yeah. It's very shaky ground. Who are you preaching to? <laughs> I woke up this morning, we had we have a conference planned this Saturday, Brian Houston speaking at it, Mekon Carter. And I woke up this morning with an email from our team that the venue was taken away from us. The conference is in three days. Well, an hour before this thing, we we solved it. We've got a place, but I mean, that's, that's an ever ongoing thing. You, sure. I'm talking to the guy who started a church in a club and <laughs> was the greatest night of our life. And the next morning we woke up to say, Hey, you don't have this anymore. So me here anymore. It, the point that I was making was right before I'm about to go preach this message, I'm being told some information, kind of like the story I just told you about, are we going to have our venues? And, and it was a kind of like this like revelatory, like awakening moment for me. Mm. Cause it's like, I'm about to go out to this church and I'm going to hoop and I'm going to holler. People are going to stand on their feet and I'm gonna yell at the devil and I'm gonna shout promises over their life and over our church about standing firm. And that's not that hard for me. Mm. I'm being honest with you. Like that's that's what we what we do. Yet in order to make that authentic and real, right now in this moment before I'm on the stage, I have to quiet my soul mm. and I have to stand firm and I have to handle and absorb this pressure, mm. which is we're leading this thing that's growing. And I don't know if we have a venue next week and I'm going to go out here now and they don't need to know that. That's not their burden. That's my burden. Mm. So I can preach stand firm. Can I live stand mm. firm? I love that. So when it comes to handling pressure, I think like over and over again, I'm having to talk and preach to myself mm. and challenge myself to live better than I preach mm. and to go, can you apply these principles? And then I think also healthy thinking, you know, things mm. are not 
The yeah. things are not often as they are. The things are the way that you think that they are. Yep. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's how I see things yes. over and over again. Yes. And so for me, like, I'm just reminding myself, yo, that without pressure, I don't grow. Mm. Like the pressure of the weight, it's me having that pressure come down on me, pushing yeah. back against yeah. it and fighting back. That's actually creating strength and muscles mm. and growth. And so I actually believe that great, great leaders, the ones that we look up to, the ones that we admire, yep. are people that just learn how to handle the pressure. That's it. I, I think when I was younger, I used to think, oh, they don't have any pressure. Yeah. Or they had it. No, 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 no. It's can you weather your, the storm with a smile on your face? That's it. And know mm. who's in control. Yep. Do you know who the one is that quiets the storm? Mm. And have you been here before to realize he's always brought you through? And if he did it in the past, why won't he do it again in the That's future? It. I can preach it. Learning to live it over and over again is me me applying the sermons that we share and That's teach. It. And so uh, I love the idea of battles and, and the growth of battles. David mm. is a shepherd. No one's around. And he's watching his dad's sheep a flock of sheep. That's what was entrusted to him. Mm. A bear comes, he fights. Right. Lion comes, he fights. Could no be. One, no one, yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah. No one was shouting for him. Right. Nobody was talking about yep. him. Yet that's what he was doing. Mm. So when he shows up in the Valley of Ella mm. and there's God's people, God's sheep, mm. and there's a giant named Goliath, it, it yeah, it was pressure. Mm but it wasn't his first rodeo. Right. Wasn't his first battle. It wasn't his first moment. Mm. And so there's a graduation. And I think that, I think the, the, the frightening thing or the thing that we have to all be aware of is that you, you get over one mountain and there's, there's another one there. Yeah. You know, he killed Goliath and right. that wasn't the last day he fought again. You know what I mean? Right. But, but every battle grew and every battle. And after he, after he conquered, there would, there'd be more fruit on the other side. There'd be more of a harvest on the other side. Mm. And so how we handle that is by telling our minds yeah. that this is going to be good for me. Yep. That I'm going to learn from this. Mm. I, I'm going to get better. Engage from this. it. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to face this yes. thing. I can handle yep. this. I'm made for this. I'm not afraid mm. of this. If I don't fight this thing, I can't fight the next thing. That's and it's it. the next thing that I really want. You know what I mean? That's like, it. so. Yes. Yeah, and this is why we go to church. This is why we need preaching because it's why I, we need community. Yeah. It's why we need the disciplines. It's why we need to work out. It, it all matters. I find you know, uh, and what's great is you know, um, I didn't have a lot of pressure in my life before, and now you know, you start a business and you 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 know you're trying to build something. I face, I feel things I've never felt before. Mm. I've never felt. There we go. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I've I've never felt some of the things that I've I feel today. And I I keep reminding myself, hey, hey, bro, like self-talk, face this now. Because you know what's in your heart. Mm. So if you don't engage this and Big. conquer this now, Big. when you got, because I know what's in my heart. I know where I want to go. I know my dream. Yeah. So if I can't conquer it now at this level, and so it's just a matter of just setting your mind and going, this is actually a small problem compared to the problems you hope to face. And what are the problems you hope to face? People that have gone before you, you mentioned some of the guys, and we look at them and go, they're facing this on a whole nother scale than I am. They must have learned at my stage mm. how to handle this kind of stuff. And look, Every problem 
you don't get to determine the, what those are. Right. You can determine how you respond to those things. It's the only thing you have control over. And just in my short experience of leadership, I'm telling you on the other side of every crisis has always been growth, not just like numerically, yeah. but a lot of times numerically, but it's always been an expansion. Capacity has yeah. expanded. We're talking about that earlier. Yeah. My capacity can't grow unless I walk through the stress. That's it. Learn to rest through it. I think in 2018, being a pastor, there's a lot on pastors today. Sure. You've got to be a CEO. Yeah. You've got to be a chief marketing officer. <laughs> you've got to be a content creator. You've got we to need be, you to be a comedian. Yeah. You've got to be funny. You've got to be a financial. <laughs> you've got to be culturally relevant. Tanned. You've got to be spiritually sound. Please it's be like, tanned. There's just, there, I think there's a lot being asked out of you. Totally. And so I think there is pressure. And I think that it reminds me of golf. Yeah. I was just watching this whole thing about golf. Like golfers, like 15, 20 years ago, they were all in khakis. They were all, no one was in the weight room. Yeah. Everyone was out of shape. Right. No one looked good. Tiger comes out in a dry fit red Nike shirt. And everybody's like, hold on. Golfers live weights? Yeah. And now on tour, there's not one dude. That's overweight. Right. There's not one dude that's not in the weight room. Right. That's a little bit jacked. That's a little bit yeah. cut. It's like, hey, guess what? Every business has evolved. It's not like, wow, pastors these days. Right. It's, hard. it's like, hey, guess what? This is just There's what technology. This is just what yeah. culture's done. And again, talking about reinventing yourself. Try, try being an NFL head coach. <laughs> Why does Sean McVay, the youngest guy, have the number one team in the NFL? And a guy like Jeff Fisher, who killed it for years, lose his job. It's difficult to reinvent yourself in, in any sphere. Sure. So I, I think all that to say, it's like the pressure that I feel now is like, I just got to engage this thing. I can't run from it. And you know what? I actually find the best medicine for me. I'm talking about going back to relationships. I need you. What helps me handle my pressure so much is just acknowledging it. Mm. So listen to someone talk about this the Great. other day. I agree. I agree with that. Um, Craig Groeschel had a guest on his uh, podcast the other day. I forget the guy's name, but he was talking about how negative emotions, if you can just identify and call out the emotions, it helps the emotion leave. Wow. So when I say, I feel pressure, wait, it just went away. So That's just powerful. being able to identify the fact that I feel discouraged, I feel lonely, I feel very frustrated, I correctly identifying that mm. helps me just go like, I want to be all right. I think it. I think it absolutely makes sense. I mean, things mold in the dark. You know what I mean? Yes, things totally. fester in the dark. Totally. And so exposing to light is where you're always going to find freedom. And yes, so yes. I think that discouragement comes and challenges come. Just don't get alone in your discouragement. Yeah. Don't deal with your challenges all by yourself. That's the key. Don't stay quiet about which what that which is really going on. I would totally agree. I think yeah. that the counsel, the therapy mm. of speaking it aloud helps you solve it. It helps you yeah. deal with it. And yeah, there's so many pressures I was unaware of, you know, leading an organization, paying mm. people's salaries. And I think for me, I've got so much respect and honor mm. on another level for some of the men that yeah. have been able to accomplish, some of the men and women that have been able to accomplish what they've been yeah. able to accomplish. I'm just, I'm blown away by all that they were able to put together. And over and over again, you'll see that in order to get to where you want to be, you're going to need capable men and women around you, that's teams it. of people. And that's why you have to be a leader because yeah. a leader's not trying to do it all by themselves. A leader's not trying to carry that pressure all on their own. A leader's going, yo, let's 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 spread this out. We should yep. we should all be carrying this pressure together. This is not all on me. That's a lie that the enemy would love for us to believe. Mm. This whole thing's all on me. And um I'm I'm 
right now trying to figure out ways to go, let's let's divvy this out a little bit. Let's delegate it. this out a little bit. I love it. Last thing, we always end, like always end. It's yeah. the second episode, bro. <laughs> We're creating a new ending. We're creating <laughs> oh, an ending. I like that so much. Like we I'm always. so into, <laughs> we always... One of the things we always do here on the leadership <laughs> lean in with Chad Veach. You've like you start done about, this yeah. twice. Yeah, like You've got your two in. You had fastest growing church, second growing. Like what in the world? <laughs> Jeremy Foster, we're coming for you. Like, what? <laughs> it's, like, it's not even how this works. Is this Saul or David? Anyways, um, so so uh, I like this. I'm stealing this from Dan Patrick, by the way. Every morning on at the end of his radio show, he says, what did we learn today? Mm. And he has all the guys with him. What's one thing you learned today out of I like that. Out of today's? Yeah. I, 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 it's beautiful. I always listen to the end of his thing because I, I catch Colin, so I'm not really listening to Dan. But anyways, <laughs> like information you don't need. <laughs> I love that stuff. So what's one thing? What's one? I'll give you mine. Okay. The number one takeaway I thought, I mean, you said a lot of brilliant things. I love, you You go, You always have handles that I grab. I love that stuff. Like, love handles? Love handles. <laughs> I love your, but you always Why have you quotes. My, like, uh, try to get rid of my love handles yeah, yeah. this year. But I love the decisions, the three parts, mm. the head, heart, and gut. I just, I'm still in that. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've never heard anybody say it that way. But two of the three have got to be clear. Yeah. Because uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking about people that we were just talking about who said, I'll never do this, and they violated their never. Mm. But I think that, when, as you were saying, I go, oh, they violated their never because something in their heart or their gut goes, we're doing this. Yeah. So I love that. It's great. I love that. That's what I'm taking. What did I learn today? Um, I learned, I like I like talking about reinvention. Mm. I, like, I like the idea of what you were saying about whenever I, I'm, what's preventing me from reinventing is the fact that I'm failing in power. That's it. And us identifying what is the best and highest use of my time. That's Always part, the biggest that's, challenge. That's part of it. That's a big secret right there. Mm. And being willing to change with that. Mm. But in order to typically lean into that thing, it's going to require me to let go of something else. I love that. I love you very much. This is... Can I come back what, for what episode back? three or... We're moving to the third... Which is, um, I'm going to give you a couple names. I think you could get in here yeah. for episode three. Yeah. Do you know my friend Paul Darty in Tulsa? <laughs> One of my favorite people in the whole world. Okay. I do know him. Paul Darty. Yeah. I think he would be great for you. Yeah. Do you know a guy by the name of Robert Madu? I've heard of him. I think you should do a preaching. Preach off? A, a, well, <laughs> a preaching uh, clinic with him. Ask him how he writes. Very good. And then I think the third person you should consider getting on here, Stephen Furtick. Steve, I would, <laughs> I would love to have Stephen Furtick. If you're out there now, I look at the camera. Oh, he's definitely listening to the stuff that we're talking about. <laughs> he's he's going to give an hour and ten minutes to listen to. Uh, he's right now writing my next favorite worship song. He is somewhere. I think, I think writing a I worship think you song. Get Craig Rochelle on here. You shout Craig Rochelle out more than anyone I know. <laughs> Layered. I need to get you like a Stephen Covey book or something, man. Just to just to make sure I'm diversifying your your reads. I'm so into Craig Groeschel. This is a true story. I'm so into the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. It's so I good. Gave it, I gave it to a, a, a friend of mine, Rob Luke. Okay, you know yes. Rob and Jack. He told me the other day. He goes, "I'm addicted to the thing. I listened to 30 episodes. 
I go, this is why we're friends. Me and me and Rob and Craig, Craig is Craig so good. Steven right now is um writing a worship song. Pastor Craig is lifting weights right now. Craig, we love you. We love you so much. We love you. We want to be like you. On behalf of Chad Veach, <laughs> could you please come and be on his leadership lean in I podcast? I would give anything. Um, he got these microphones in honor of you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Yeah.